Thank you for downloading the Two Cities Church podcast where we are pushing back darkness by spreading the good news of King Jesus. And now, here is this week's message from Pastor Jeff Struker. As I said, today is a celebration of the Great Commission. And if you're joining us online, welcome. This is our core values, what we are referring to in this sermon series as at our core. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to use two words to describe the Great Commission for you. We'll discuss where this is found in the Bible and why Christians call this passage the Great Commission in just a second. But the two words that I want you to hear from me today are reach far. This is number four on our list of five core values. Let's take each one of these words separately for just a second. Let's talk about reach for just a moment. Because the word reach really describes how far or how willing a church is, willing a Christian is to go cross over some boundaries. I like to use UFC imagery to describe reach for just a second. I'm a fan of the USC. I got into this sport early on. You see, in the first couple of years of the UFC, I had a friend that I was serving with in the Army. He was in the 75th Ranger Regiment, and he competed in the first couple ever Ultimate Fight Championships. Now, if you don't know what it was like back in the early days, they just threw guys in the ring together. There wasn't an octagon. It was more of a boxing match. And it didn't matter your size. It didn't matter your weight. They just put dudes in there together. And whoever punched somebody in the face hard enough, whoever caused the other guy to tap out would automatically move on. Well, my buddy Bubba, that's not his real name, but that's what all of us called him. Bubba was a tough man. And Bubba got invited for the first three years to go to Las Vegas and to compete in the ultimate fighting championship. After the third year, Bubba decided to retire. And I remember asking him, Bubba, why now? I mean, you've gone every year. You've made your way through the ranks. He didn't win, but you were really, really good. And you made a little bit of money. Actually, you made a lot of money. Why would you retire now? This is about the time that the Gracie brothers out of Brazil were just beaten up on guys much bigger than them and winning every year. And Bubba said it this way. He said, Jeff, I realized this year was time for me to retire when I punched a guy as hard as I can with every ounce of energy that I have, and he just shook it off and it didn't phase him one bit. He said, that's the moment that I realized it's time for me to retire because I just gave this guy everything that I got. See, back in the day, you used to just get in the ring. It didn't matter how big, how tall, how strong that guy was. You just got in the ring and you gave it everything that you got. Today, if you watch the UFC, fighters are paired together based on size. The UFC does this so that somebody doesn't have a huge advantage in the ring over another fighter. But there is one advantage that gives a fighter a distinct advantage over the other guy. And there's nothing that the UFC can do to stop this. 
It's the advantage of reach. In fact, this is such an advantage. Look on the screens for me for just a second. You see there in yellow, it's such an advantage that before the two fighters square off in the first round, they let you know on the screens who has the reach advantage. 80 inches versus 73 inches is a huge advantage in the octagon because here's what it says. I can punch you from a distance that you can't punch me. I can hit you in the face and you can't hit me back because I have a seven-inch reach advantage over you. Think about the word reach as an ability to go touch something from a long distance away. And now you'll start to see why we're using this as part of our description of the Great Commission. Because Jesus' church is supposed to have a, listen to me really carefully, a global reach. Jesus wants his church to reach all over the community, all over the country, and all over the globe. We're going to look at this famous, perhaps one of the most famous passages in all of the Bible. It's Matthew chapter 28. We're going to start in verse 18, and it's often referred to as the Great Commission. So if you've got that mobile app open... You can click on that mobile app in just a second, but I want you to notice something about reach because if you were to ask me, Jeff, how big of a deal is this for you? Well, I'll just put it to you this way in one simple sentence. I would be willing to dislocate my shoulder, metaphorically speaking, to reach somebody who's far from Jesus. Matthew chapter 28 Listen to Jesus' famous last words, the last words that he utters while he's still physically on earth, before he leaves earth and goes back to heaven. And he's talking to his church in this passage, and he's giving them instructions on what he wants his church to do next. And we use two words to describe what you're going to hear next about reaching far. Matthew 28, starting in verse 18. Jesus came near... And said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of of the earth, or to the end of the age, some translations say. Now, we're going to talk about core values in just a second. And when we say core values, what this sign is saying up here, or the phrase core values, we're saying this is something that is so important to us that it's who we are. It's not something, these are not something that we do. If you want to know who is Two Cities Church, you would just have to look at these five things. That's what makes them a core value. A value is something that's important to you. A core value is so important that it really defines who you are. And if you were to push me in a corner and make me choose one of these core values over the other, I think I would have to say the core value that gets me fired up and out of bed in the morning. It's core value number four. It's reaching people 
that are far from Jesus. We're gonna take the rest of this morning and describe the word far for you in just a second. But before we do that, I want you to see how big of a deal core values are for us. We just made this cool graphic. And just because I think it's cool, I wanna show it to you on the screens. So I'm gonna show you this core or this cool graphic. And then I wanna talk about what we mean by the word far real quickly. All five of these core values are equally important, but if you were to ask me which one really gets your attention, Jeff, which one of these five, if you must choose one above the five, which one is number one? Well, for me, I think that one would be reaching far. Reach is a church's willingness, their ability to go out and to touch people that are not already in their midst. But I want to spend the rest of this morning discussing this word far because I need you to think in the terms of far, not geographically. I need you to think spiritually. When we say the word far, what we really mean is far from Jesus. When we're talking about far, it may be across the world, but it actually may be across the street from you. It may be across the cubicle at work or across the classroom that you're in. So let's talk about this great commission for just a second. And I want you to just hear first from Jesus. These are his famous last words. And last words are supposed to be lasting words. The words that stick with you after everything else is over with. COVID is really changing just about everything in the church. But it's also changing nothing. This past week, I had a chance to get on a Zoom meeting with two to 300 officers and students from across the United Kingdom. They were dialed in from Scotland and from Wales, from England and from Northern Ireland, and I had a chance to spend about an hour with them this week. And it caused me to think about just how rapidly the world is changing. Because a year or two ago, I would have got on an airplane, flew across the Atlantic, and there would have been two or 300 students in the same room at the same time. This week, instead of getting on an airplane, I got online and two or 300 people from all over the United Kingdom, from different colleges and universities across the United Kingdom, spent about an hour and 15 minutes with me online. What joins these people together from Northern Ireland to England, from Scotland to Wales? The answer is they all share a common mission. They're all connected to each other, even though from different parts of the UK and from different universities, what connects them together is their commitment to the mission. Now, please hear me. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ has been around for thousands of years. It contains billions of people and we're all different from different walks of life all over the globe. What joins us together is the mission, the mission of the Great Commission. So Jesus gathers his church together, and he has a 
final instructions for him, for his church for just a second. Now, I want you to think about this for a second, and I want you to be really honest. Imagine you're on your deathbed, and your family and your friends, they come around you, and they're going to spend a little bit of time with you. And you have just a few minutes left with them on planet Earth. What would the last words out of your mouth be? Because this is a really important statement. Whatever you say last is supposed to stick with them long after you're gone. And this passage that we're reading today, it comes after Jesus' death, after his resurrection. He's been walking on earth for 40 days. He's gathered his church around him on a mountainside right outside of Jerusalem, and he gives them final instructions, his famous last words, and this is, is his instructions. I have a mission for my church, and I want you to to start my mission, I want you to do the thing that I was doing, and I want you to keep at my mission until I come back again. And Jesus is giving his church his authority and his um, permission to go carry out his mission. That's the thing that unites billions of people over thousands of years all over the globe. That's the thing that unites all of these voices that you're hearing in this service today from all over the country and from around the world. Unfortunately, Christians can sometimes self-quarantine. Now, what Jesus really did is he said, I want you guys to leave Jerusalem, and I want you to take what you've heard from me, and I want you to go and take it all over the planet. Here's what Christians will sometimes do, and I totally understand where this comes from, but it's dangerous to follow this idea to its conclusion. They will start to self-quarantine. You know, the way that people are isolating themselves right now because we're trying to slow the spread of the coronavirus, and all of us know that just self-isolation, self-quarantine won't stop the virus. It doesn't cure the virus, but it certainly would slow the spread of the virus. What Christians will sometimes do is say, we live in this sin-sick world. Follow me for just a second. We live in this sin-sick world, and I'm trying to protect myself. I'm trying to protect my family, and so they pull back from everybody around them that doesn't know Jesus. And they start to self-quarantine from sinners. I totally understand where this is coming from. But the problem with this idea is that it's impossible to fulfill the Great Commission when you are a self-quarantining Christian. And I'll take it even a step further. The theology behind this starts to get really dangerous really quickly. Please listen to this. If you're not careful, what this becomes is Christianity that's all about you. And I just need you to hear this from your home or from your hotel room. Newsflash, Christianity is about a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about you. It's about the King of Kings. And the King of Kings has given his church his authority to go do his mission. And there's no way that we can do that if we isolate ourselves and only associate with other people that share what we believe. There's, that's the end of Christianity in one generation if all Christians just stop hanging around people that are far from God. So when we say reach far, we're not saying go be a missionary halfway around the world. We're saying reach my next door neighbor who's far from Jesus and he needs somebody to come to his door 
and to tell him the difference that Jesus has made for him. Famous last words are supposed to be lasting words so that his church will never forget the reason we're still on planet earth is for the glory of God and for the great commission. That's why we're still here. And we don't have the luxury of isolating ourselves from all of those sinners that are far from God because there's no way to accomplish this great commission if we do that. Number two on the list, and if you notice, I'm spelling out the word far today, is this commission is a task for every Christian. It's not just for the professional clergy, for the pastors and priests, or those Pharisees in Jesus' day. In fact, if you have any military experience, or if you've been around military people before, you recognize this word commission maybe better than most. Because you know what it's like to be a non-commissioned officer or a commissioned officer. And a commission is when somebody places authority on you, gives you authority based on your rank, and allows you to use their authority to go accomplish a mission. Jesus gives his authority to his church. The words great and commission are found nowhere in this passage, but we Christians for thousands of years have called it a great commission because this is Jesus giving his commission to his church, giving his authority to his church. And it's authority for every Christian all over the planet, not just for the paid professionals, not just for the pastors and priests out there, when Jesus uses the word therefore in verse 19, he's connecting what he says about himself in verse 18. The Father has given me all authority, therefore, verse 19, I'm giving you my authority to go and make disciples. Jesus is commissioning his church with the word therefore. The problem can sometimes be the word go. Let me just be honest with you. Pastors, entire denominations, have sometimes improperly translated this word. And what they have done, probably unintentionally, has taken the word go and turned it into a professional missionary force. In other words, you sell everything that you own, you go to school, you get an education, they teach you a language, and then they send you somewhere halfway around the world. But it's only for a handful of people that have the call of God on their life to go. Actually, what the Bible says, the most reliable way to translate the original language into English would be the phrase, as you are going. Jesus, please hear this. Jesus is not asking you to sell everything and go be a missionary. Jesus is asking you to just be missional, to be a missionary in your neighborhood. He's asking you to do it tomorrow at school. He's asking you to do it at work. You don't have to sell everything and go get an education and go around the world, though there's nothing wrong with that. Do that if that's what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. He's calling all Christians as they're going through their day to go talk to people that are far from God and tell them what you believe. I saw a beautiful, amazing example of this a couple of months ago by a guy by the name of Christopher Prieto. I have asked Christopher if I could tell you his story. 
because I was at a North Carolina barbecue restaurant that just opened during the middle of COVID, literally opened in March of this year and is packed to the gills because of this guy on the screens. Christopher is a world-class pitman, a barbecue expert. He has awards and decorations. You may recognize this guy's face from the Food Network. This guy knows barbecue better than anybody on the planet. I will just say this. This guy can barbecue a brisket better than those folks that live in Texas can. And all of you that are watching from Texas, I dare you to go to Prime Barbecue in Knightville, North Carolina and try it for yourself. Christopher was chasing power and money and awards by just winning barbecue competition after barbecue competition, national, international awards. He's got tons of them. Christopher was working in restaurants. He was making barbecue, and he had a guy that was working for him that just acted and worked differently. This guy came to work, and there was something different about him. And the guy never really preached Jesus to Christopher. He just kind of poured into Christopher's life a little bit every day to the point that Christopher, in his own words, said, I finally got to the point of realizing everything that I'm chasing after is letting me down. But what this guy has, I want that. Christopher bowed his knees. He surrendered his soul to King Jesus, and he radically changed, became a different man. Listen to Christopher's story, though. He doesn't own a restaurant to make money or to even make barbecue. Christopher owns a restaurant to make disciples. See, on the wall in the back room of the barbecue restaurant that he owns in Nightdale, North Carolina, Christopher has a Bible verse, and I watched him take people that don't know Jesus into this room and just beautifully, naturally, convincingly explain to them how he learned what it means to be filled up the, the food that you eat will let you down. It will leave you hungry again. But when he was filled by the Holy Spirit, when he met Jesus, this filled him up, and he wants others to meet Jesus. And this man just beautifully, simply, as he's going through his day making barbecue, is sharing his faith, and he blew my mind by how natural, how easy it is for this pit master and award-winning cook to bring people into the back room and to show them the real secret sauce. And the secret sauce is not barbecue. It's Jesus. Christopher gets what it looks like to make disciples as you go. Christopher understands that this great commission is a task for every Christian. Before this service is over with today, for those of you that are in this room, for those of you who are watching it online, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to challenge you to get yourself just a little bit of training. We call it basic training around here. And then to just simply go through your day introducing people to the one who has radically changed your life. Reaching far, the word far looks like Jesus' famous last words that become a task for every Christian. And reaching far ultimately is the reason Two Cities Church exists. This is why if you were to put a gun to my head and force me to choose one of these core values over the rest, I'd choose this one. 
Because way back a long time ago, well, actually not that long ago, when Two Cities Church came together, we came together for the purpose of reaching people that are far from Jesus. Before today is over with, would you go to our website? Would you click on About Us and go halfway down the page and read the paragraph on Reaching Far? Because what you're going to hear from that paragraph is we intentionally wanted to be a church that crossed denominational lines. We crossed racial lines. We crossed socioeconomic lines. We crossed every line that there was just to simply go meet somebody who is far from Jesus and introduce that person to the King of Kings, the one who's changed our soul. I have a vision for our church. And our vision is if we are 20 people or 20,000, it really doesn't matter the size of the church as much as the reach of this church. See, what we came together to do that last summer was to be a church where 100% of us were passionate about the Great Commission, willing to put it all on the line and to cross over any boundary that we needed to cross over so that we could go meet somebody that is far from Jesus and introduce them to the one who radically changed our soul. For my next door neighbors, look up here for just a second, will you? Reaching far for them was six feet away. I came to faith in Christ while I was living in an apartment complex, and it was literally the young couple that lived directly across the hall from me, six feet away from my apartment door, that came to my apartment one night and introduced this 13-year-old kid to the Savior of the universe, the one who died on the cross for him. That night, I lived six feet away from this couple, but spiritually, I might as well have been on the other side of the planet because I had no clue, no concept who Jesus is or what Jesus had done for me until my next-door neighbors crossed that six-feet gap and came to my apartment and sat down and talked to me about Jesus. And since that day, I have felt the, the desire to want to share with other people who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for me. For some of them, they may be on the other side of the planet. But in truth, many of them may be right across the street, right across the classroom, right across the cubicle from you. I want people to hear about Jesus, my King like this couple wanted to cross that distance and talk to me about Jesus. And I just want you to I'm going to say this to you as clearly and as convincingly as I can. My vision for Two Cities Church is 100% of us are passionate about reaching people who are far from Jesus. They may be on the other side of the planet, but the truth is they may just be right across the street from us. They may be right across the hall from us. They may be living in the dorm right across the hall from you. My goal is that everybody in this church is passionate about fulfilling the Great Commission because I believe when we get that serious about this Great Commission, this radical, fanatical commitment to the Great Commission, God will use people in this church to go reach somebody and introduce them to Jesus. I'm talking right now to the busy college student 
who's got exams coming up and who's stressed out about a full load of classes and you feel like, Jeff, I couldn't possibly add one more thing to my schedule. I think I'm talking right now to the guy that's watching this online or is in this room who's working two jobs and saying, Jeff, it takes me two full-time jobs just to pay the bills. How on earth could I possibly add anything else to my schedule? talking right now to that busy stay-at-home mom who has young babies who every second of the day is screaming for their attention saying, Jeff, how can I possibly find a few moments in this insanely busy day to go do add something to my schedule? Please hear me, college student, the guy that's working two jobs, that mom that's staying home with screaming babies. I'm not asking you to add anything to your schedule. I'm asking you to just simply do what Jesus said when he said, as you go about your day, go talk to somebody on the park bench, mom. Go talk to somebody at work, this guy who's working two jobs. Go talk to a student in the classroom, this busy college student, and just start the conversation and start to introduce them to the one who can change their soul. That's what we mean by reaching far. I'm going to say it to you one other way, and I really need you to lean in for a second and hear this because this is how big of a deal it is to us at Two Cities Church. I would rather see the corporation of Two Cities Church dissolve and the people of Two Cities Church disband than to ever see us put something more important than reaching a guy or a gal who doesn't know Jesus I'm going to say it one more time because I would rather see the church disband and the corporation dissolve than put anything before reaching people that are far from Jesus. When we say far, we don't mean geographically. What we mean by this word, reach far, the word far means far from Jesus. And God forbid that we ever place anything more important than reaching somebody who's far from Jesus. Now, if you're sitting there and thinking to yourself, wow, you guys are fanatical about this. You guys are radical about this. Yeah, we are. And maybe you're watching this right now and you're starting to realize, uh, I think I'm far from Jesus. Like if tonight was the night that I died and I had to give my famous last words on my deathbed, I'm not certain that I would be in heaven. Well, I've got some action steps on the screens an action step for you who may not know Jesus Christ personally, and then some action steps for us who claim the name of Christ. Maybe today what you need to do is just pause right now and surrender your soul to Jesus Christ. In just a second, I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to invite you to surrender to Jesus, body and soul, in just a second. Because the truth is, the reason why we're so fanatical about this is because there really is a heaven. There really is a hell. They last for eternity. And we don't want to see anyone in our neighborhood, anyone in our nation, anyone on the planet spend an eternity separated from God. So in just a second, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the king of the universe, the one who gave his life for your soul. For a Christian, 
that's been connected with Two Cities Church, you've heard us talk about our basic training, our digital discipleship course, I have a challenge for you. If you've started that course, but you're not finished, would you make a commitment before the end of this month, which is about another week and a half, I will wrap up this basic training digital discipleship course because I want to get trained on how I can reach far. But I've got one more commitment that I want every Christian, even if Two Cities Church isn't your home, to commit to. Will you say before the end of this year, if reaching far is just simply going about my day and introducing somebody to Jesus along the way, before this year is over with, six more weeks left, I'm going to explain the good news. I'm going to talk to somebody about my faith, just one person, before the rest of this year is over with. I want you to bow your heads. If you're in this room, would you bow in just a moment? If you're watching this stream online, would you just bow your heads? And would you let me pray? I'm going to pray for me, but I'm also going to pray for you too. Father, We are your people, and we believe that when Jesus was standing on that mountaintop, he was giving that mission to his church for all times, which means he was giving that mission to Two Cities Church, the people of Two Cities Church. And God, I just pray that you would help me as a pastor to spend the rest of my life training people up, helping them to understand what it looks like to make disciples, and then sending them out to their neighborhoods to their classrooms, to their workplaces, to take their faith with them as they go. God, would you speak to somebody who's in our church and started basic training but really hasn't finished that digital discipleship course? It's a really short course. It'll only take them a few hours to move all the way through. But would you give them the Um, commitment right now to say, before this month is over with, I'm going to just wrap this course up. I'm going to knock it out. I'm going to finish all of the material online. God, not just this course. Would you cause Christians to say, I am so passionate about reaching people far from Jesus that before this year is over with, I'm going to talk to one person. I don't even know who it is, God, but you put one person in my path. And sometime in the next six weeks, I'm going to talk to one person about my faith. God, make us a church that reaches people that are far from your son, Jesus. But I pray right now for somebody who may have tuned in, who may have heard this message, and who may realize I need what they're describing. I need what Chris Prieto experienced when he saw somebody who had something that was satisfying them on the inside God, maybe right now you're doing a supernatural work in somebody's heart. God, I pray that right in their living room, right in their hotel room, maybe right in this room, somebody would turn from their sins and surrender to you for the first time. I'm going to say a prayer for them. There's no magic in this prayer. You know that, God. But if it comes from a sincere heart, I believe you hear it. I believe you honor it. I believe that you can radically change somebody. So would you cause somebody watching this today to simply surrender by saying, God, I'm a sinner. I can't fix things. I can't undo what I've done. God, my... um, Life is a mess, and it's because of me. It's my mistakes that have caused my life to be this mess. And so God, I have nothing to offer you but mistakes and failures, but right now today, I'm coming to you with all of my mistakes, with all of my failures, and I believe that you love me 
that you want a relationship with me. I believe that you've done everything necessary to make the payment for my mistakes and failures. So God, this morning, I surrender to you. I surrender to you body and soul, which means I am trusting my eternity um, in your hands from this point forward. But God, I'm surrendering my body to you anywhere that you want me to go, anything that you want me to do. I will fulfill your great commission if it's in my neighborhood or if it's to the ends of the earth, whatever it is, God, from this point forward, I belong to you and you call the shots in my life. Father, I believe that if that prayer is sincere and you know whether it's sincere or not, that you can radically, totally transform somebody. And I'm asking that you would give us the privilege of finding out about this and following up with them and helping them to start this journey with your son, Jesus, on day one, the first day today. God, would you be glorified by the way that your people respond to your great commission today? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to stay in touch by joining our email list through the link in the show notes. Have a great week.